Welcome to Simplify Your Retirement with Certified Financial Planner Stephen Strickland from Wise Wealth LLC. In this podcast, we help individuals and couples plan for a peaceful and enjoyable retirement. Join us on this journey where we explore the importance of simplifying the retirement planning process as Stephen, with his years of experience and expertise in retirement income planning, along with guest experts, will help you achieve first wisdom, then wealth. And don't forget to check out the Simplify Your Retirement online course and other great resources at SimplifyYourRetirement.com. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Simplify Your Retirement with Stephen Strickland from Wise Wealth. Good morning, Stephen. How are you? Good morning, Eric. Doing great. How are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. We're coming off a beautiful mm-hmm. weekend. I know that you and I are actually pretty close, just a few hours apart, right? And, mm-hmm, that's uh, was, right. Was your weekend as nice and as mild as ours? I think we had like a high of 84. It was beautiful. Yeah, same here. Beautiful, uh, sunny skies, and uh, yeah, just a great, nice, relaxing weekend. So I got to ask before we even get started today. I know we've got a, an agenda um, mm-hmm. that you're, you're going to be teaching some folks about some things here. Our listeners are going to get a wealth of information today. But when you hear from your retirees, the the folks that you've helped retire year after year after year, what are they saying right now about this situation? I know we're we're still in the pandemic, we're still in the mm-hmm. Corona era and all that jazz. But are they able to go out and enjoy themselves and, and spend time with? family or just spend time in the fresh air? I mean, what are you hearing? Well, one of the best answers I can give you, and and I mean this in all sincerity, and that is that I am not hearing from them. So the fact that I'm, yeah, (laughs) you you get what I'm saying? In other words, that's a very, that's a very, very important point. In other words, if my clients were panicked, if my clients were concerned, I would be hearing from them. And, And I think there's a lot of financial advisors who hear from their clients during times like this, when there's uncertainty in the stock markets and volatility, whereas we've gone through an entire, uh, someone could go back and literally listen to the last 10 podcasts. And if you'll do planning the, the way that we encourage our clients to do planning, using a three bucket approach, following the principles, there really is no reason to change uh, just because there's increased volatility or because the markets are going down. And so I like to tell people when I'm sitting in my conference room, when I'm meeting people for the first time, or maybe the first couple of times, I'll point to the phone in the conference room and I'll say, see that phone right there? That phone is not ringing. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have no idea what's going on in the stock market right now while we meet. I meet with clients all day, every day. Yeah. Uh, there's two things that are not happening. One is that phone's not ringing. Number two is I'm not calling anybody up and panicking. Yeah. So that's the whole point. Uh, but when we do hear from clients, they seem to be, you know, very content and very happy. Certainly, there are times that we may get a call or a question. We just remind people of the principles, remind people of the buckets, and is their money invested the way they need it to be for their plan mm-hmm. uh, and for their goals. And so, um, yeah, I, I just love the fact that during times like this, we really don't hear from our clients, and that's a tribute to the planning process. Well, yeah, and, and that's that's something that you're talking about today, uh, that mm-hmm. you're helping your clients protect their retirement. And I know that that's what we're going to be talking about today. But mm-hmm. once they've done that, once they've protected their retirement using your steps, that's when I think there's a whole lot more peace and better sleep at night and, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's right. and lack of panic. So yeah, where do we start that's today? Right. Well, today you know, I want to talk about protecting your retirement plan. What I mean by that is, you know, once someone has a financial plans, once somebody has a retirement income plan, and especially the way that we do planning with the three buckets. So we've taken all the assets, we've distributed the money into each one of the buckets. Mm -hmm. Each one of these buckets has a purpose, 
has a plan and someone can go back, like I just mentioned, and go back to the last three episodes and listen to the podcast about each of the buckets. But once that's set up, now I would say to everybody, okay, this is great. You've got a retirement income plan. You really don't have to worry about what happens in the stock market each and every day. You can go out and enjoy your life, which was the point, uh, which is the point of retirement income planning. It's the whole point of saving for retirement your whole life anyway, so that you can go out and enjoy it. And so once you've got your retirement income plan uh, in place, you can enjoy retirement. But there is still something out there that I encourage everybody to do because you could have the greatest retirement income plan in the world. You could have all the income you need covering all your uh, expenses throughout retirement. Uh, you could have taken care of your kids, you know, maybe life insurance and these kinds of things. But there is some legacy planning. There's some things that you need to do to make sure that when you die, the money is passed down. There, there's two things that can happen to somebody while they're in retirement. Okay. The two things that could happen to someone is they could become incapacitated mm -hmm. or they could die. Okay. So when we're looking at, okay, you've got your plan. This plan is going to work up until you become incapacitated or, or dying. And so now there's a couple of extra steps people can take to make sure that what they want to have happen happens in the event of one of those two things happening. And so you know, that's really the focus of today's podcast. All right. Where do we start? All right. We're going to start with what I call the basic planning tools. And this is really has to do with incapacitation. Uh, okay. So we'll, we'll, we'll spread this out between two different you know main points. One is being incapacitated. Another one is dying. So when someone has either an accident or a health issue where they need assistance, you know, maybe they uh, have cognitive issues or they become, there's an issue with the, uh, with the mind or whatever the case may be, and they need help mm -hmm. and they can't make decisions on their own. Uh, there's a couple of things that people need. One is a, what's called a durable power of attorney for financial matters. And another one is called the healthcare power of attorney. And the, uh, the durable power of attorney for, uh, for financial matters just means that if a, if a client or a person owns an account uh, that is just in their name, for example, an IRA, an IRA is an individual retirement account. This is not a joint account. Mm -hmm. So if an IRA owner becomes incapacitated and all of his money is invested in a certain way, he's the only one who can make decisions on his own behalf unless he has a power of attorney. Hmm. Then what happens is if he is, you know, on life support, if he can't make his own decisions anymore because he's got Alzheimer's or dementia, then this power of attorney can actually come in and make financial decisions such as, hey, we want the money to become more conservative. We want to put the money in cash. We need to do some different things with this. If that power of attorney is not there, then no one can speak on behalf of the owner of the account. Hmm. Well, so, so it's let, extremely, ask, extremely important. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Is there a process by which somebody can get that power of attorney after the fact so somebody get, becomes incapacitated? Mm -hmm. I would assume that there's some sort of legal route that they could go. But again, if you're saying legal no. route, it's got to be expensive. Yeah. No, not at all. No, not at all. Wow. Once someone, wow. because they have to be able to sign off on it. They have to be able Got to it. agree yeah. to it. And so that's why the most important time to put together a retirement income plan is now. The most important time to do mm -hmm. what we're talking mm -hmm. about today is now. And by the way, we're not talking about just someone who's in retirement. If someone's 25 years old and they have a 401k, they should have a power of attorney. Mm. 
It is extremely, extremely important. This has to be done while you are in your right mind. And so you have to get the planning done prior to an event happening. Yeah. Okay. So then there's the healthcare power attorney. It's the same thing for healthcare. So if someone has an accident, they're in the hospital and uh, the doctors are trying to make decisions. If you're incapacitated and they can't talk to you, they're going to have to make decisions on their own unless you have a healthcare power of attorney. That power of attorney has the ability and uh, to act on your behalf. So the doctors can share information with you. You actually can make decisions uh, for that person that can't make decisions for themselves. This is extremely important, especially as people get older, simply because, again, you, you can't do it after the fact. You need these documents in place. I would also just say, by the way, if you have a, a student that's in college, a child in college, they're, they're over 18 or whatever the age majority is in your states, it's the same thing. When they're an adult, I don't care if you're their parent, okay? When they're an adult, if you don't have a healthcare power of attorney, you may not be able to make the decisions for that child. Mm -hmm. Okay. If they're an adult. And so even if you have adult children that maybe aren't married yet, uh, you need to be the power of attorney for them still for both of these matters, healthcare and financial. I would just say this about both those documents. Obviously both of them are legal documents. Like you just mentioned, you can go to an attorney and if you're getting a trust done and a will, a lot of times this will be part of it. But let's say for example, this is all you really need. You, you have a will, you have a trust or something like that. You can go get a power of attorney anywhere. You can do this online. There, you know, there's legal zoom. You can go to office max. Most power of attorney forms are state specific. You don't have to have a lawyer do it unless you have some specific situation you want okay. to, to put in there. So it's nothing that has to be very time consuming or very costly. And therefore, you know, everybody should do it. There's, there's really no excuse yeah. not to do it. And so this is really, by the way, talking about accounts that you have that are not joint accounts it's not a trust account. If you have a trust account, normally you're going to have people in there that can act on your behalf. If it's a joint account, the other joint owner can act. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and this is accounts that you own individually. And obviously your health, everyone needs to have, needs to have a health care power of attorney. Regardless of your financial situation, regardless of your asset size, these documents are important. Like I said, very inexpensive. And then most of the times you just need a witness. You may have to, you may need it notarized or a lot of times you just need a witness to sign saying, yeah, this person signed it in my presence. So very important tools to have. And so um, I always look at things from a, you know, peace of mind standpoint. We talked about it when it comes to investing, but then think about this. Let's say that you have your investment plan, your retirement income plan, and now you also have your financial power of attorney and you have your healthcare power of attorney. Think about the peace of mind that gives. Yeah. Now, if something happens to me, I get into an accident. And now, I, at least I know someone's all the all the work I did to save all my life for retirement. Someone has the authority to act on my behalf, healthcare or financial. Yeah, absolutely. And these are these are some of the basic planning tools. And then there is there are a couple others I'll just mention. There's a thing called an advanced medical directive. That is something where kind of like a living will that says whether or not you want to be put on life support. And I know these are things that most people don't want to talk about, but it's things that you can do to spare your loved ones from having to make these decisions. And so you could have on record what your wishes would be if you were on life support. And one final one I'll mention in, in, the, in this section here talking about if you're preparing and protecting your retirement plan is what I'm going to call document storage. And I've met with enough widows in my life, you know, after doing retirement planning for so long to know that it's so important to make sure that 
all the important documents, all the important passwords, any life insurance policies, any retirement accounts, any investment accounts, both spouses, if you're married, need to know every single one of these. A lot of people have a drawer in their house, they have a file on the computer. And I just want to make sure that I encourage everyone who's listening to make sure that not just one person knows where these things are. Both people need to know. One of the saddest things I come across sometimes is maybe a, a surviving spouse who's trying to dig through all the financial records and she may be wondering, is this all of the accounts? Did mm -hmm. I, did I, mm -hmm. am I missing anything? Uh, did he have another life insurance policy somewhere? I thought he mentioned he had this account somewhere and all these kinds of things. And it's really not anything that uh, someone should have to worry about after you're gone. Yeah, absolutely. So and, you, and, and technology yeah. allows us to do so much. For instance, my wife and I use a password keeper system that is attached to our phone and, and the newer phones have thumbprint ID. And mm -hmm. my daughter, I, I had her program her thumb onto my phone and to her, uh, her mother's phone. That way, Good. if something happened, tragically, that both of us kicked the bucket, hit by the right. bus scenario, she can then unlock that phone. And it same mm -hmm. thing, that password keeper unlocks by the thumbprint so she can unlock that and get all of our passwords to all of our accounts to be able to take care yeah. of the business that needs to be taken care of. So there's so many different types of technology. That's just one example for passwords. Uh, but like right. you said, the document storage, same thing. It, she, it, she'll have access to all of that because of unlocking that. Absolutely. And that's a great way to do that. I'm glad you brought that up. So you can actually have hard copies. You can have data files, like you said, and, and mm -hmm. give each other the password. The main thing is, you know, if something were to happen to someone, you just want to make sure your loved ones are taken care of. One of the best ways you can do that is making sure they know exactly what you owned, mm -hmm. uh, where everything is, who to call, and those kinds of things. It's, it's basically just following through. You do a retirement income plan, which is what most people will focus on. But no, don't neglect the power of attorneys. Don't neglect passwords and the in the in the account list. Yep. So there's that part. That's really talking about what would happen if I'm alive, but you know I'm very sick or I have dementia, Alzheimer's, or I have an accident and I can't make my own decisions. I've got cognitive issues. But now let's talk about what happens when we die. When we die, the money that we have that's in our name gets passed down. And obviously we all want to make sure that the money that uh, we leave behind gets to the people or places that we want it to get to. And the reality is, is that the money that we leave behind is not going to get to the people and the places we want it to go to unless we make it very specific and very clear. Mm -hmm. And so I want to talk about how the money gets passed down. The money that you leave behind gets passed down to whoever you want it to go to either in one of two ways, either by contract or by probate. And I'll just say this, that if you don't have a contract, it is going to go through probate. And so let me talk about what a contract is. A contract means if you have a beneficiary designation on the policy, it is a contract. So therefore it will not go through probate. It won't matter what the will says, whose ever name is listed on the contract is where the money goes. So okay. for example, if you have an IRA or a 401k or a life insurance policy, there, when you die, those companies are not going to ask to look at your will. They're going to look at whose name is listed as the beneficiary. Whose ever name is listed as the beneficiary, that's where the money's going because it is a contract. And you don't have to worry about going through probate. You don't have to waste any time. So you just want to make sure that all your beneficiary designations are correct. That's really the most important point here. Everyone should go through periodically every account they have that has a beneficiary designation on it and make sure that those are correct. So, you know, that, sorry, dude. Go ahead. I was going to say, 
Stephen, I've heard that probate is actually the longest cuss word there is. Right. <laughs> I've just heard it's well, a Well, you know, word. if you can avoid it, you definitely want to avoid it because it's just sometimes costly, you know what I mean? And, or yeah. more, I, I should say, more time-consuming mm-hmm. uh, than costly, and people can contest it. So the more you can do things outside of probate, the better. And so one way to do that is beneficiary designations. Another way is to have a trust. A trust is a mm-hmm. contract. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a trust, a revocable living trust, then you can list all of your assets in the name of that trust. You could also use the trust as the beneficiary of your IRAs, let's say. And so if you have a trust, then that is a contract. So that's a good thing. If you have an account that you can't have a beneficiary designation on or, or you don't have a trust, you could also you could always add what they call a TOD or a POD, a transfer on death or payable on death. So let's say you have a bank account and the bank account's just in your name or you and your spouse's name. You could have a joint account TOD to your, your children, which means that it will pass outside the will. A TOD, transfer on death, or a POD, payable on death, is a contract. Mm. A lot of times in most states, you can actually add those designations even onto a title of a car, title oh. of a house, and those kinds of things. So... It's just better. As much as possible, you want your stuff to pass down by contract, either through beneficiary designations, transfers on deaths, or having a trust. Mm. Okay? So now if you think about it, most of our stuff, most of our money can actually be passed down that way. Then there's things that if you don't have these things on there, TOD, beneficiary designation, or a trust, then that stuff's going to go through your will and and whatever is in your will goes through probate. You go to court, there's an executor of the estate or your trustee. And then the judge is going to say, make sure whatever the will says, all the money gets there, then come back to court and let us know. And so, but that should be only the things that you don't have a contract on. So for example, if you do planning right, then that might be the lamp, the table. Mm -hmm, It mm -hmm. might mean the bed or the chair. It should be things that you can't put a contract on. Got it. And then you might just say, okay, every, all my other belongings would need to be sold or distributed between my four kids equally or something like that. Mm-hmm. So you want to do it by contract as much as possible. If not, it's going through probate and, and that's what's done through a will. By the way, everyone still needs a will because not all, not all of your possessions can pass by contract. So everybody needs a will that just says what would happen to all my belongings? What do I want to happen to everything here? especially if you have minor children or you're a grandparent and you're the guardian for one of your grandkids or anything like that, you need a will because that also determines who's going to take care of them. Mm-hmm. One final thing on the will before I get to where the money goes to, and that is if you have a specific item that you want to leave to a specific child, you need to leave specific instructions and get it witnessed. Okay, every once in a while, you've got a situation where, you know, mom says to the daughter, you know what I mean? Uh, I want you to have the family recipe book. This is yours. Mm-hmm. And then she passes away. And then all of a sudden, the son married uh, a, a lady. And that the daughter-in-law says, no, she told me I could have it. And then there's a big fight or whatever. The dad yeah. says, here, I want my son to have the baseball glove. If, if you have a specific thing, even if all your kids are sitting there and they all agree, you're going to get this, you're going to get this, you're going to get that. And they all sit there and nod their heads and everyone agrees. But what happens when you're gone is sometimes that changes. And so if you want something specifically to code to a specific person, it needs to be written down specifically in the will and signed. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking about making sure that the money gets to where you need it to go. You can do that by incapacitation planning we talked about. 
Now we're talking about in the event of death, your money's going to pass down either by contract or by probate. And the money's going to go to one of four places. The money can go to a trust account. So the trust could be the beneficiary of all of your investments. And then inside of your trust is when you typically would say, okay, Johnny gets this, Susie gets that. Then you could determine how the money's distributed. So it can go to a trust. Okay. It can go to individuals. So if you want it to go directly to your kids, you could list their names. The difference between the trust and the individuals in this sense is that if you give the money to, you have two kids and you give 50% to each kid uh, without a trust, that child can take the money and do whatever they want with it mm -hmm. right away. And some parents are happy about that. Some parents want that to happen. They don't want to put any restrictions on it. But if you're in a situation where you need to, or you want to, or you have to put restrictions on the beneficiaries, there's only one way to do that. You have to have a trust. You have to have a revocable living trust. And for that, you should seek an attorney, an estate planning attorney, okay? So because if you say, yeah, I've got two kids here, one of them is a spendthrift, or one of them is not making good decisions, and one of them is, you, you could say whatever you want in the trust. You could say, I want Susie to get all of her money up front, but I want Johnny to only get 10% out per year. You could say things like, I want my children to get 50% of this at age 30, the other 50% at age 40. For, you can say whatever you want in a trust. So the important point is this, if you need or want to have control of the assets after you're gone, you have to have a trust. Mm -hmm. If you don't need or want to have control after you're gone, then just name individuals. That's totally fine. You don't need a trust. Also, I'll just mention if you have a special needs child or anything like that you need to be taken care of, you definitely have to have a special needs trust for that. So the money can go to trust. The money can go to individuals. The money can go to charities. Uh, there's a lot of people that might say, hey, I want 10% of my estate to go to my church, and I want the other 90% to be divided like this. So you can always go to charity. And, of course, if you don't have a beneficiary designation if you don't have individuals you list, if you don't have, you know, charities you name, then guess who gets the money? Mm. Yes, like the government guess. gets the money. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, so uh, you, the government is the fourth option. Yeah, exactly. So the point is give it to somebody that you name to a trust, individuals or to charities or the government is going to keep it. Mm. And I think it's important for people to understand that I am a financial planner. So I don't do estate plans. I don't actually build trust for my clients. We have estate planning attorneys that we refer our clients to. Perfect. But I don't actually do the trust. But So we'll refer them to our estate planning attorneys that we use. And uh, But I think it's very important that people get these documents in place and they follow through with the retirement income plan. So normally my job is to get them through, make sure they have the retirement income plan in place, then refer them out to these estate planning attorneys to finish the job. And what I mean by finish the job means that you've got your retirement income plan, but now all of a sudden, think about the peace of mind we talked about with just having the plan. Now you go through retirement knowing if something happens to me, I become incapacitated. I, I My power of attorneys are all set. If I'm in the hospital, can't make my own decisions, the power of attorneys are all set. Wife or spouse, they know where all the passwords are. They know all the accounts. When I die, I know that all the money is actually going to go to the people or the places that I want it to go to because I've planned. 
Now think about enjoying your retirement. Now mm -hmm. you literally have nothing to worry about. Not only from an income planning standpoint, now from a legacy planning standpoint. It's a, it's a major, major piece of mind. So this is just saying, make sure you don't neglect the next step, which is some of these legacy planning things. And what I'd like to do is end this topic by talking about the message you wanna leave behind. Most financial planners, you know, most financial advisors, most estate planning attorneys, we're normally dealing with money. And even this entire podcast so far, we're talking about the money, protecting mm -hmm. the money, make sure it gets where it needs to go and how does it get there. But I also don't want to neglect the message. Some people don't want to just leave money behind. You may want to leave a message behind. So it's the same thought process. And the thought process is this. It's not just going to happen. Yeah. You have to make sure the money gets where it needs to go. And if you have a message, and when I think about a message, I'm thinking about either life lessons or special instructions and wishes. So when it comes to life lessons, if you have a belief about ethics or morality, if you have a faith tradition or, or certain beliefs that you have, if there are family customs and traditions, memories and stories, I would just, I like to encourage my clients to, you know, write these things down or get in front of a camera and record these stories, record what you want them to know. I can't imagine anything greater than parent or grandparent leaving this world and saying, mm -hmm. here's the money that I want you to have. But more importantly than that, here's what I want you to know. Yeah. And I think it's very powerful if people will do that. And I think it could be very impactful. And in fact, after we're gone, that may become the thing that's more meaningful than the money you left behind. Mm-hmm. And so I encourage clients to think through that and, uh, and and get it in front of a video camera or get it written down. I think it'd be valuable. The other thing too is if you have any specific instructions and wishes, whether it's funeral arrangements, and I know these are things that nobody wants to do, but I encourage my clients to actually go to the funeral home, talk to the funeral director, and just prearrange the funeral. Mm -hmm. uh, even, you know, picking out the casket, letting them know, here's what you want. Because what happens when uh, someone passes away, now the loved ones are, have to go to these funeral directors and they have to make decisions, decisions no one wants to make. Yeah. Like which casket should we buy? And, you know, we're going to be cheap or we're going to be expensive. And there's all these, there's all these emotions as it is. Can you imagine if you have a parent or anything like this that passes away and all of a sudden in their notebook, it says, all you have to do is contact this funeral home. Everything's been selected for you. Mm -hmm. It's just one of the things that you can do to let your family, it's, it's a loving thing you can do to let them know you've already thought about this. You've made these decisions for them because you don't want them to have to do that. Yeah. And, you know, if you have a loved one, if you, you have a special needs kid, or if there's a special situation in your family, you need people taken care of. I think it's very important to make sure those wishes are known as well. So I don't want to neglect, we're normally talking about the money and that's extremely important where that goes, but I'd also don't forget the message you want to leave behind as well and do it on purpose. And then you'll make sure that it happens. Yeah. And I think if someone will do these things, Eric, there's a great deal of peace of mind, which is really what I'm all about as a financial planner from a money standpoint, uh, standpoint from a retirement income planning standpoint. I want people to be able to be free to give and to serve and to enjoy life once they retire, once they get all out of the nine to five job every day. The way you can do that, in my mind, the only way you really can do that is to make sure you plan ahead, you have a retirement income plan, and you have these legacy planning techniques and tools in place. Then literally, whatever happens, happens. You're all, you're ready to go. 
from from a financial standpoint. Mm-hmm. The money is you, the income set up. The, the money's set up. If you if you get incapacitated or you die, either way, everything is set up, and that's where I think everybody wants to be, and that's why it's important to speak to financial planner like us at our firm because we'll help people walk through these steps. Yeah, absolutely. It's so vitally important. It's just it's not something that is going to bring family together because it's a bunch mm-hmm. of easy decisions that they can all agree on. It's really going to cause issues if you don't have it set up in advance. And I don't think any of us want our kids or our grandkids having those kind of stress points in their life. So no, I, I, this right. is a beautiful message, even though it's, it's a hard one to hear sometimes. It, it was a beautiful message, Stephen. I think this was fantastic for today's podcast. I appreciate it very much. You bet. So, And Stephen, I know that we covered a lot today, uh, but this topic is also something you cover in your online course, correct? That is correct. Uh, we have the full uh, Simplify Your Retirement online course. Anybody can uh, take that course at any point in time. It is over 10 hours of video instruction, and definitely one of the lessons we really hit on at the end of the course mm-hmm. is what we talked about today. And anybody can go to simplifyyourretirement.com. That's simplifyyourretirement.com and uh, look for the online course. Yeah, and, and it's and it's visual, right? I mean, there's video. So that, yeah. I think that this is great. This has been about a 30-minute podcast. It's a lot of information to take down. People, hopefully, they're writing some notes down of ideas and thoughts that they want to discuss with you know the, their family. But so if you are a visual learner, it's great to be able to pull up these videos and uh, get this mm-hmm. information. And also, you can watch it with one of your family members. You know, may, Maybe it's mm-hmm. something that you get a couple of your kids over and you say, hey, let's, let's take a look at this. This is something that we've been talking about and thinking about sit down, watch it, and then have a great discussion about it. Because it's not an easy conversation to get into, but when you have something that leads you into it like this, whether it's this podcast or the online course, that's just a fantastic way to segue into the conversation with with your kids or your loved ones. Again, Stephen, thank you so much for your time today. Absolutely, Eric. Great, Great to talk. All right. And the last thank you, of course, goes to the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Simplify Your Retirement podcast with Stephen Strickland. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Stephen comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Wise Wealth, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Simplify Your Retirement podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of WiseWealth LLC or Simplify Your Retirement. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of a financial advisor or other qualified financial professionals with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.